From finance and commerce, this is Beyond the Skyline, a podcast about economic development, commercial real estate, and construction in Minnesota. Above all, it's a show about what's next, creativity, and the innovation and technology that are changing how we work and shaping the future of business throughout our state. In each episode, you will meet business leaders, builders, entrepreneurs, and big thinkers who may challenge the status quo, but also make their dreams a reality. I'm Joel Shetler, your host and editor of Finance and Commerce, Minnesota's oldest business newspaper and online publication. Thanks so much for joining me. I would also like to thank our podcast sponsor, Guarantee Commercial Title. Guarantee offers a new platform for the delivery of services based on the expertise and ingenuity of a visionary team of title professionals that identifies obstacles and creates solutions that result in a successful sale, construction, or financing of commercial real estate. To learn more, visit GuaranteeTitle.net. As a business and a builder, Ironmark Building Company has strong ties to the Minneapolis Uptown neighborhood. The company, which specializes in urban infill work and other project types, is based at 1710 West Lake Street, in the heart of an uptown neighborhood that has seen its share of turmoil in recent months. Violent crime and civil unrest have prompted some uptown businesses to pull up their stakes in the neighborhood. Likewise, citing concerns about public safety and regulatory requirements in Minneapolis, some contractors are looking elsewhere for work. For its part, however, Ironmark has no plans to relocate. Quote, Lake Street still has a lot of work to do to get back to where it was, says Brent Kluver, Ironmark's partner and vice president of project development. Quote, and we're looking at some options to help with that effort too. So this is our home, and we don't plan on really going anywhere for quite some time. End quote. In the following interview, Kluver talks with reporter Brian Johnson about running a construction business in Uptown amid the unrest. He also takes a deep dive into the pandemic's impact on his business, the outlook for the Twin Cities construction market, and more. Well, thanks, uh, Brent, for for joining me today. Happy to be joined by Brent Kluver, uh, Vice President of Project Development with uh, Ironmark Building Company, based right here in Minneapolis. How are you doing today, Brent? Good, thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for for joining us. So um, just by way of a little bit of background, um, Brent is a... uh, actively involved in the front end of every project. He works closely with owners and the design team from conception to groundbreak and works collaboratively with the entire project team to ensure accurate pricing is obtained during the document design phase and will ensure the project remains within its original target budget. Brent has extensive knowledge in the design build process and is very familiar with working alongside the design team as the design progresses making sure the owner is getting the most cost-efficient, highest quality products. So, um, so Brent, what, uh, I, I guess if, if we could just start out by, maybe you could introduce us to your company, talk a little bit about how long you've been in business and the types of work you chase. It looks like you do a lot of urban infill mm-hmm. work, is that correct? Yeah, so, just kind of start at the beginning. Ironmark, obviously, we're a commercial uh, general contractor. We started the firm back in 2012. 
kind of with this vision to build high quality projects for a lot of our really discerning clients. So uh, since that time, since kind of conception, we've completed well over 50 to 60, maybe 70 projects, probably around $700 million of work so far uh, contracted. Um, while, our, while we've been around for 10 to 12 years, um, Ironmark as a name is fairly new. Um, about 18 months ago, we had some management changes. And along with that, uh, we did kind of a re, uh, relaunch, rebrand of the business. Uh, so we're the same great company, the same vision, same employees, just under the different name, which is which is now Ironmark. Um, to your other point, yes, we do. We kind of specialize in the mixed use uh, multifamily area. I'm not saying that's all we do. We've done uh, we've done some corporate headquarters work. We've done we've done uh, four or five hospitality hotel projects. Um, but over the past decade or so, to your to your point about urban infill, we've kind of been um, became known for that uh, kind of working on the tight postage stamp. Uh, properties in uptown and downtown. Uh, we are, however, starting to see more suburban projects um, being built. I guess, you know, with with uh, with everything that's been going on in Minneapolis the last year or two, different zoning restrictions and affordability requirements, I think developers are kind of migrating out to the suburbs. At least that's what, that's what I'm seeing. Um, we'll obviously build anywhere. Um, there's demand. Uh, really, at the end of the day, um, for us to be successful, you know, we just have strong relationships and collaboration and, and try to be 100% focused on uh, serving our clients. Yeah, you touched on an important point there about some of the trends towards the suburbs and maybe uh, not as much in Minneapolis proper um, as perhaps there used to be. Um, what, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, sounds like you're still obviously working in Minneapolis as well as the suburbs, but um, do you have any uh, thoughts on just kind of what the impact has been of some of the, some of the changes we've seen with the zoning and the uh, maybe some of the um, public safety concerns, things like yeah, that. Like I, like I said, I mean, definitely, um, definitely there's still developments downtown in the urban areas, right? You see cranes mm -hmm. all over the sky. Um, I think it's slowed down a bit. Uh, while there is still development and buildings being constructed downtown, I mean, if you drive out to any of the suburban areas right now, you see cranes in the air all over too, which I, I feel hasn't been that substantial in the last the last few years. So, like I said, I think with some of the different zoning ordinances and the affordability requirements and, and yeah, the, the public safety issues in the last 12 to 18 months have, have been an obvious probably reason for that. Um, I think going downtown Minneapolis now, you, you you really start to feel a comeback, which is refreshing. Um, but I but I still feel the uh, the lack of housing out in the suburbs and people even maybe migrating away from the city is still going to drive the suburban demand. Uh, we're going to still see an uptick in that for probably quite some time. Mm -hmm. So are you seeing more multifamily uh, projects out in the suburbs? Uh, what what do you, what exactly are you seeing out there? You know, a little bit different than the urban infill product. Um, we have a few deals going on out in different suburban areas, and they're, you know, they're totally different than what you do downtown. They're on huge parcels of land. Um, a lot of them are spread out. You know, they're 
hundreds and hundreds of feet long, uh, big, big buildings, 150, 200, 250 unit deals um, from, from market rate to assisted living to senior to 55 plus, you kind of seeing all the product out there. Um, so I, I'd say the biggest difference is just the, the sheer mass of these projects out there. They're able to, uh, you know, instead of going high, a lot of them are four stories, maybe five and just spread out. Mm -hmm. Have you seen, do you do much in the way of senior housing or age? Uh, yeah, we've, we've done a few senior projects. Uh, we're, we're actually, just, we're working on one right now. That's one of our suburban projects. Um, obviously there, <laughs> you're seeing those go up all over as well. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a piece of the market that still has demand. Um, I think, you know, not, not to, not to bring up COVID right away, but I think COVID really slowed that market down as a lot of the seniors didn't really want to be up moving, you know, in the middle of a move during, during the pandemic. But now is that subsiding? I think we'll probably continue to see that, that market, um, grow as well. Yeah. I just recently saw a report that, uh, senior housing as a share of multifamily housing in general has been going down, shrinking a bit in recent years. Um, but it sounds like you're expecting that to, to come back. Um, is that correct? Yeah, I think so. Like I said, I think as, as things start to normalize uh, now, as we get, get over this hump that we've been in for the past eight months or so, I, I, I think it will. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not the developer building them. Well, right. we'll, we'll build them, but uh, you know, that's just something. Just a, just a thought. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and so I, I understand you're based right there in, in Uptown. Uh, what has that been like in the past year um, running business there? Yeah, so yeah, right. Our office is on Lake Street in Uptown. Um, it's been quite active uh, in the area. You know, everything from, you know, we're not too far from kind of the, the hub of a lot of the unrest that's been happening. So uh, yes, we've been we've been boarded up a couple times, and um, there's been uh, there's been thankfully not our 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 building, but there's been multiple buildings around us that have been vandalized. Um, you know, we've taken some precautions during some of those really active days. We would you know send employees home to work from home. Um, really, what we were affected most by is you know we had a lot of active job sites um, in both downtown and uptown during that time. Mm -hmm. So we take extra security measures, hire, um, well, typically we'd shut jobs down if it was, if it, if it got really active, um, but we hire security and just take extra precaution um, in some of those high intensity zones. Um, but we were fortunate enough to really not have a lot happen. Mm -hmm. um, I know there were some structures during that time that uh, got heavily vandalized or <laughs> in a few cases burnt to the ground. So mm -hmm. um you know, being here and being close to it, 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 it's, it still feels normal to us. I mean, it's kind of where we've been here for since conception. So mm -hmm. um, Lake Street still has a lot of, a lot of uh, work to do to get back to where it was. And we're looking at some options to help with that effort too. So this is, this is kind of our home and we don't plan on really going anywhere for quite some time. Okay. Yeah. It's been interesting just seeing the what's been happening there driving around and you know not too long ago seeing national guard troops out and about and things like that so it's just kind yeah, of yeah it was it wasn't too long ago where i drive a couple blocks east and yeah there was uh there was blocks of armored trucks with armed guards and uh it was it was kind of surreal but 
you know, they were there to protect us. And whatever measures they took at that point obviously worked because not a lot happened after they were, they were up in these areas. So, yeah, it personally made me feel good that they were out there. And so, right. You know, right. But um, what, what other trends are you seeing? It sounds like you're, you're seeing some trends in the luxury rentals market here in, uh, in town. What, what can you say about that? Yeah, I mean, if, if anybody has uh, been around uh, shop rent shopping or apartment shopping, you know that there's there's been a lot of, uh, you know, obviously a lot of market rate product, but also a lot of luxury rate product like you just mentioned. Um, <clears throat> and they're popping up all over the place. I think I'm hearing and I'm sure it's not a new trend, but I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of demand for empty nesters that either want to keep their property out in the suburbs or sell it and downsize and, and, and minimize. Um, so I think that's probably what, again, I'm not, I'm not a market rate study guy and I'm not a developer, but I think that's probably what's driving that market a lot is um, either the, the, the younger professionals or the empty nest type clientele that uh, want to fill those properties. And yeah, there, there's a lot of uh, luxury rentals around this area, even around Lake, Scott that are uh, very luxurious and very expensive. So, and they seem to be filling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it seems like they've just, even during COVID there's, there's still a lot of that happening. And, and what, what do you, uh, how, how has your business fared during the, the pandemic and how has that affected your workload and just your business in general? <laughs> You know, we, we've been pretty fortunate. Um, we've had a lot of good projects that have carried us through. I mean, at the beginning of the beginning to the middle of the pandemic, we, we did have a couple projects, um, two specific in Northeast Minneapolis. We were building uh, right across the street from one another. Uh, I think there was a, it was a, uh, how big were they? 135 unit deal and 175 unit deal. Uh, and they, we actually pumped the brakes on those in March um, when things got really bad and we kind of hit pause and kind of took a reset and they actually ended up started up about a month, two months later. Um, there were definitely challenges to work through with, with um, you know, just protecting the people on the ground, making sure they they were doing all the necessary COVID protocols. Um, so there was that piece of it. And then just kind of the overall, what it's done to our supply chain and getting materials and um you know there's still issues today with that is you know if you order furniture you can't get a couch from some vendor online for you know it's 12 months out or eight months out so we're seeing a lot of that um so to mitigate that um we've kind of implemented still today um kind of new in-house rules as to where we maybe wouldn't buy something uh until it was you know three months out uh now we're buying it seven, eight, nine, 10 months in advance. So we've kind of really ramped up our buyout schedule process to get things bought. And that way, if you discover it's not available, there's still time to switch manufacturers, um, you know, switch the product type to to get the client uh, what they need, even in this, you know, very odd time that we're in. Yeah, so it's all about good planning and just- uh... It totally is about good planning, yeah, just to mitigate- as much as you can up front, because uh, like I said, it's some some of the lead times and some of these items, if you can get them at all, are just are just insane. So, 
Yeah. That's why he's headed off. Like, well, you know, we try our best. I heard just uh, from a recent uh, builder, they're looking at like a nine month lead time or something like that for steel. And yeah. Um, so sounds like, yeah, that. there's a, uh, you know, even, even we're in a busy time of the market. So even if it's not COVID directly related, there's, you know, certain lead times on product, like uh, I use precast concrete, for example, mm -hmm. um, you know, precast wall panels are out. There's a lead time on those right now, like 20 weeks or so. So that those, there's items like that where when you, when you sign a deal, you have to get, you have to get some commitments in, in ink right away in order to hit your deadlines, uh, you know, six or so months down the road. Mm-hmm. What are you seeing on the pricing front with regard to lumber and steel, et cetera? Um, is that yeah, so for, for material costs, um, think, think God lumber came down, lumber's back to where it, it should be a few months back, three, four, five months back. It was, I think, at all-time high levels, mm -hmm. which, was, which was scary, to be honest. And we had to, we had to kind of think of ways that when we were – pricing out projects for clients is how do we, how do we try to mitigate that edge against the fact that hopefully it'll come back down. Um, so we, you know, we had to get creative with, with our clients and thankfully, you know, we, get, we keep a very open book process throughout it all and you're kind of riding it together. So, um, but like I said, lumber's back down. I think there's still, you're still going to see some material slow escalated increases for steel and, you know, other, other plumbing type material items, insulation, that kind of stuff. But I, I think we're out of the crazy point where we were, you know, three, four months ago. Mm -hmm. okay, well, what just looking ahead a little bit, uh, what, what is your outlook for the local construction market? Do you think things will get better, worse, stay the same approximately? Um, well, I hope they continue to get better for our sake, but um, we're, we're feeling pretty good about it. Um, we got a good backlog. I'm, I continue to see things and new projects pop up, um, almost on a weekly basis. So uh, the development community is still active, which is good. Um, I feel like, I feel like there was a little lull kind of after the COVID hump where people kind of had to catch their breath and, and catch back up and get back into it. Um, but I feel like we're kind of on the back end of that. And like I said, if you, <laughs> you can, you can get in your car and drive uptown, downtown or maybe suburban market right now, and you see cranes all over the place. So mm -hmm. that's always a good feeling. Um, one of the indicators that we like to look at is um, I like to stay in touch with a lot of our architects and uh, you know, if the architects are continuing to stay busy and drawing and continuing to hire people. It's kind of the indicator on the front end mm -hmm. of where our market's going to be. So I remain optimistic, but I, I have to be, <laughs> um, that's, that's what we do, uh, for a business. So I, I think, you know, I think we'll just continue to see people building, but like I said, at the beginning of the, of our interview here, um, I predict it's going to continue to stay out in the suburbs and, uh, you know, still building down in the urban areas, but, uh, mm -hmm. I, I see it more on the suburbs than anything. Okay. And just kind of on a related front, the, the, the labor situation, of course, is always a challenge and, and not, not just in construction, but driving to a, even a fast food place. I've seen mm -hmm. signs up saying that they've had to cut back their hours because they can't find enough workers, which is really kind of, 
kind of shocking, but um, how are you doing on the labor front and are you getting the workers you need? Yeah, uh, fortunately, I think I think our industry is probably less affected by that piece of it than per se the service industry like you just brought up. Yeah, I, I just I saw a Starbucks that was actually closed two days ago due to that mm-hmm. lack of uh, lack of employees. So, you know, a lot of the, the subcontractor market uh, still remains busy. I mean, there's 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 guys that are still hungry for work. So we, we haven't had fortunately any real issues with that. Um, but again, I, I think it, it hasn't really hit our industry like it's hit some others. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, hopefully things will uh, keep moving along and keep yeah. you guys busy and, and all of us busy. So um, right. any, any particular projects you're working on that you'd care to mention? Um, yeah. I would, um, one, one project I'm really excited about um, it's it's kind of very unique for us. We we just broke ground on a 12-story structural metal stud uh, mid-rise up at the U of M. It's a student housing deal, um, 280 some units, but it's it's there's a lot of a lot of bedrooms in it. There's 885 bedrooms, um, so it's gonna it's gonna serve the uh, future students very well. Um, it's kind of a unique building. There's not a lot of structural metal stud buildings in the city, I don't believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's great about that is, you know, the, the lot itself isn't very large um, up on the U of M. And mm-hmm. we were able to create a very dense project and, and 885, you know, bodies in a, in, a, in a building is substantial on such a small piece of property. So it allowed us to go up uh, and not out, you know, with wood, you can typically only do, you know, we like to call it five over one or five over two, which means five stories of stick framing above uh, level or two of precast um, so you kind of maxed out to kind of the seven seven story type project so uh, we're excited to see this we're just getting out of the ground right now we got a couple of, of our tower cranes just went up so mm. it's a it's about a two-year project so it's going to be fun to watch that kind of come to fruition yeah absolutely and I, i'd love to learn more about that project sometime maybe we can uh, set aside some time to chat just about that. Yeah, I would, I would love to share. Like I said, I'm, I'm really excited about it. I've been, I've been working on the front end of that deal for probably a couple of years. So to see it kind of take shape is exciting. And I, I would love to share it with that, with everyone. Mm-hmm. Sounds great. Well, Brent, uh, covered a lot of ground there. Is there anything else you'd like to add before I let you go? Um, you know, I don't think so. I appreciate the, the interview though. And, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I look forward to, like I said, sharing, sharing. I'm sure we'll we'll do some other pieces on the kind of our 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 pinnacle project, I'd call it, up at the U. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it'll be an exciting couple of years. Absolutely. Look forward to learning more about that and keeping up to date on everything you're doing. So um, well great. I appreciate the interview, Brian. Yep. Thank you, Brent. Have a good day. Thank you for listening and please subscribe to Beyond the Skyline. We can be found wherever you listen to your podcasts. To learn more about finance and commerce or to subscribe, go to our website, www.finance-commerce.com. I'm Joel Shetler, Editor of Finance and Commerce. Thank you again for listening to Beyond the Skyline.